Well, wonderful. It's good to hear the uh, chatter. Sorry to put in, get a chance to chat at the end. And we have some uh, teas and coffees as well uh, in about half an hour. So if you need a bit of a caffeine fix, it won't be too much longer. You'll be all right. So even though it's, uh, I'm not going to say Happy New Year, because we're kind of a couple of weeks in. Some of you have come back. Uh, you've been away for students, and you come back. Great to see you, but we do think that it is a good time as a church to reflect a little bit from 2022, 2023 coming up, uh, and I don't know whether you've done much reflection as you started uh, a new year. Uh, now, for this year for Christmas, uh, my good wife, Wendy, uh, you see somewhere, I think, I've just been over at Weedy Castle, so just come in. She bought me, I, you see, I, I'm really behind when it comes to technology. Um, so I've only just got my first Fitbit. I know, it's my first one. Now, Wendy's got one as well. And Wendy's is 50 pounds more than mine, so that she's got a real deluxe, real deluxe one. So, um, but I have realized the good thing is, the good news is, is that um, when you're at church clapping, it records a step. So, fantastic. And, 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 and I've been over Wheelie Castle kind of, I kind of tapping my foot more than normal um, during the worship songs. So, notice. so this morning, this morning, if, if you see me wandering around the stage a little bit more than normal, then uh, begin a few more steps up as well, uh, which, which is really good. So, um, so um, earlier in, before Christmas, I said I was having so many meals, so I was going to join a gym, didn't I, after Christmas? So I, I did promise that. Uh, we are part of a gym at University of Birmingham, which is... Uh, which is really good. And um, because Wendy and I, during COVID, we, you know this kind of couch to 5K thing? We thought we'd do it together. So I did the couch, and um, <laughs> Wendy did the 5K, and um, we kind of done that. And, 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 and since we joined the gym, I, I've incorporated a new kind of routine, which I think you like couch to 5K that people picked up on. I think people picked this on this as well. This is from, from sauna to steam room. So, so um, which I'm working on, I'm working on. So there we go. But it is good to reflect and look ahead to the new year a little bit. And we're going to do that uh, in a few moments with Encounter Church. But first of all, I don't know if you know that uh, we're part of a denomination called Elim, these 550 Elim churches, many in Birmingham, 9,000 around the world. And our uh, National leader or world leader is called Chris uh, Cartwright. He lives down near Malvern. And at the start of the year, he did a New Year message for all the Eden churches and some of the things that we're passionate about and looking to incorporate uh, June 2023. So I thought that as part of the message this morning, not on top, um, we would show uh, his 10 minutes kind of message, then I'll share some of the thoughts just to follow that uh, for the rest of the service. So this is Chris's New Year message. Thank you. Hi, I bring you greetings at the start of a new year from Elim's National Leadership Team. We're living in extraordinary times, but we believe that they are exciting times. The challenges of these last few years have revealed to us just how urgent it is for the, the people of God, for followers of Jesus, to come into not just this next year, but this next season with a real sense of renewed faith as we reset local churches and our local church communities around the 
priorities of the gospel of Jesus, we are so stirred by what we believe that God wants to do. I want to just bring to you a few thoughts as we start the new year in all of our churches right across Elim, UK, and those hearing this further afield. And I want to encourage you today. Reading from Ephesians chapter 5, Paul writes to the Ephesian church this extraordinary letter of deep theology and precious revelation about Jesus and his work for us and his gospel of salvation. And in the midst of it, he has this to say, quoting from the Old Testament scriptures. He says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. It's no exaggeration to say we're living in, in challenging times, in so many ways, economic hardship, uh, uh, the, the recent pandemic, and so many challenges to wider society and to every local community and indeed every family. So this is a time not for triumphalism, but for tenderness. We are feeling, continuing to feel actually more vulnerable, maybe weaker than we have. And yet in the midst of such times, the word of God comes to tell us that we are to make the best of the times. Now, how do we do that? I want to suggest to you three words that are really stirring in my spirit, in our movement right now that can help us to do that. The first one is the one that Paul quotes from uh, the Old Testament scriptures, a prophetic word saying, awake. I believe that for Elim people all over the nation and every local church and community, it is time for us to wait, to awake and that the Spirit of God is starting to wake us up, familiar places, familiar things, but with a freshness of faith. It's not coming from just our programs and our plans. Certainly, those have been interrupted more than we could have ever expected, but it is coming from a deep sense that God is working and moving. Remember in Matthew 24 and 25, when they asked Jesus about the future, he did give them courage and hope that he was in charge of the times. And he told them that tough times were coming. How we know that that is true in today's season and times. And yet he also said, don't be afraid, don't be surprised. Tough times are coming and will continue, but those times will be harvest times. I am amazed as I go around our churches and have the privilege of being in local Elim churches week by week, that the stories that there are of fresh awakening, people personally awakening to the love of Jesus, to the power of the Spirit in their own lives. Local church communities seeing people awakening to faith, whether it's through the Alpha Course or whether it's through personal evangelism or outreach activities. It seems like things are moving and people are responding with glorious stories of salvation and transformation, families coming into our churches, prodigals returning. And it might seem like it's a small thing, but in the midst of a tough season, there is an awakening. The second word that I'm really gripped by at the moment is alignment. Awake and align. Awake, O sleeper, 
the, the, the word of God says in Ephesians chapter 5. And, and Paul begins to put that in the context of where we are right now. There are so many ways after the pandemic that we've been seeking to realign, to get things moving again. But there's a deeper realigning that the Spirit of God is doing. I know that in your community there will be others who love Jesus too and, and, and your church may be partnering with other Elam churches but also with others from other networks and other ministries and these are going to be days of more and more alignment and partnership in the kingdom of God. We need one another together in the local church. We put aside many of our differences and we overcome obstacles and we learn to love one another and to pursue Jesus together because the Spirit of God and Jesus is calling us to do it. It's against the grain. It takes work and effort and sacrifice and forgiveness and grace and, and a generosity of spirit and, and a faith beyond the immediate. But God is calling us to alignment. And the third word is advance. There is something for us in Elim. A few years ago, before the pandemic, we were already advertising and, 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 and speaking about our desire to advance in a decade of mission. Uh, we have the, the banners and the, and the promotional materials. We have the conference materials that began to share our four priorities of making disciples and developing leaders and growing churches and reaching nations to advance in the years ahead. I still believe those things with all my heart. But the interruptions and disruptions of the past couple of years have caused maybe some sense of frustration in us all. And yet, we are entering a new year where over the next decade, many, many movements and missionary organizations and Christian churches around the globe are starting to awaken to what God might want to do with us together in the years ahead. 2033, we'll see a 2000 year anniversary of the Great Commission of the cross and the resurrection. And many are saying, let's commemorate that. Let's work towards that with fresh faith to reach every person on the planet with the gospel, to translate the Bible into every language where it is not yet available, to move together in breakthrough prayer for every nation, every community, every people group, and also to help uh, every nation and unreached people that have not yet heard the gospel to have that opportunity to plant churches in those places. And I guess for us in Elim, in our corner of God's vineyard, that we are feeling that Calling, awakening not just to our own plans and programs, but to the bigger story of the Spirit of God and of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you to begin this year, whether you're a volunteer in the local church, a new member, an attender, perhaps recently uh, come to faith in Jesus, or a, a, an established, long-serving veteran of the local church, whether you're a minister, an evangelist, uh, uh, moving in worship ministry or prayer, I want to ask you to step into this year with us with a sense of expectancy and renewed commitment to encounter Jesus together. We're looking for times of encounter this year across our movement to say, let's be open together to the Spirit of God. Let's receive him afresh. Let's be empowered afresh by him and let's pursue him with all our hearts. 
I want to ask you to be looking to align your heart, your passion, your gifting, uh, not just in terms of the local community, but with the wider church as well, as you pray, as you believe, as you reach out. And finally, I want to ask you to join us in advancing together. These are times when we feel less strong and able than perhaps we once did. But actually in that reality moment, we are being called to align ourselves with what the Holy Spirit wants to do through real people, real places, going through real things, through the church, through Elim, through your local church, and through the movement and movements of which we're a part together. Hey, God bless you this year. Let's invest our lives in these times, in eternal things, in the kingdom things, because Jesus is moving right now in our nation, in our communities, and in our times. And we long to see what else he's going to do with us, in us, and through us. God bless you. Wonderful. Um, you can watch that online. It's hard to pick everything up in one go, but you can watch that online as well. And we're also delighted that Chris is going to be coming to speak here at Encounter Church. Um, now, he does get booked up, so it's not, that's not going to be till November, but uh, he is going to come speak at Weedy Castle, then he's going to come speak us. So we're privileged that he's going to come. In 2016, Chris had a kind of a word, a prophecy, a sense of what God was saying to us Encounter Church. Um, that was before my time, um, although I did work out that myself and Wendy have been here for two years now today, which is quite amazing, so I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> so for, for us, it's gone really quickly. It might not have for you, but um, it's really gone quickly for us. <coughs> but we're looking forward to come, for Chris coming to share. But he had a word kind of in 2016, which we might share over the next two or three weeks again. Because uh, we look ahead, 2023, we're not going to try and incorporate everything this morning, but just mention one or two things. So the name Encounter Church, and we uh, kind of have three kind of mission statements that go alongside that. We've got the kind of triangle. I won't go into all the detail, the three uh, angles. And um, so the first, so the three mission statements are encountering Jesus, raising disciples, releasing missionaries, and we're just going to look at that a little bit further. But the, the way we're going to start is to look at a particular encounter that the disciples had uh, with Jesus straight after the resurrection. In fact, it's on the same day as the resurrection. And it's a few verses we're going to pick up from John chapter 20, verse 19 to 23. And just need to understand the context that the Jesus had died three days before. This is the day of the resurrection on the Sunday. There was mayhem in Jerusalem because they couldn't find Jesus. You know, he, the, the Romans couldn't find him, the Jewish leaders couldn't find him, and the disciples were being blamed for this. So they were having to hide away. Their lives were in great danger. So we're going to read a few verses from verse, uh, chapter 20 of John's Gospel. And uh, this is kind of the first ever gathering of Christians in the New Testament in the evening. He says, On the evening of that first day of the week, 
when the disciples were together with the doors locked for the fear of Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So this was a much needed encounter for Jesus' disciples. Now they had spent three years with him and encountered him, but this was an encounter that they really needed. Their lives were under threat. They weren't too sure what had happened with the resurrection. But all of a sudden, when they'd locked themselves away for fear, in fear, Jesus comes into the house, comes into the room, and takes them by surprise. And it's as if God wanted to reveal to them exactly what he was doing at that time, who Jesus is, what he's about, what God had in store for them, his disciples, his followers. And that's one of the reasons I really love Alpha, because it gives people the chance to grow in that understanding of about Jesus once and for all. And many people, even on the course, can testify that within it they had some encounter with him as they learnt about him. Uh, I was at an Elim Church leaders meeting in Birmingham a few months ago, and I came across Nick, who's the lead pastor at BCC, Birmingham Christian Centre, the largest Elim Church in our area. And I was just chatting with him, and he talked about, uh, I don't know how he got onto it, as how he became a Christian, and he said it all happened for him on Alpha. It really made a difference for him, and how he had this encounter, and he told me what he was like before he went on the Alpha course, and I thought, poor people who were leading this Alpha course. But he could just talk about, you know, this encounter, and that's why Alpha is really good and really helpful. Now, it's for people who are searching, and, and I believe that a lot of people are searching, even though they don't put it in those terms. And we've got people who are going to come on Alpha, and I'm just going to do a little advert, because we've got about a thousand of these uh, invites for Alpha, of which some have taken away. Now, at the end of the service, if you've got a spare 10 minutes, pre-coffee or post-coffee, if you're happy just to go, before you go home, just go and put a few of these through the uh, doors around here, some of the streets... Uh, just have a word with Quee at the end, and she'll give you some leaflets, tell you which streets that you can go to if you want to do that before you go. We might as well hand them out, don't we, because we've got some spare, so why don't you do that? Now, for many, you've been uh, Christians for many years, maybe, and you might be thinking, well, what about for us? You know, um, Alpha's for some people, but what about for us? Well, this spring, um, February, March, April, We're going to run a series on Sunday mornings called 40 Days with Jesus. And this is looking at six encounters that people had with Jesus post-resurrection before he ascended back into heaven. And each of them are just great accounts in the Bible. So we're going to be covering that on Sunday mornings over that period, looking at these various encounters and these other ways in which you can engage with that, as I'll mention in the moment. But going back to this encounter that the disciples were having with Jesus on the day of the resurrection, hiding away, and it's interesting that in these very short few verses, twice, Jesus comes up to them and and, and he says, peace be with you. In fact, that's the first thing he said to them on that particular morning, 
peace be with you. And a little bit later, two verses later, he, he says, he records again, he says, peace be with you. Uh, because life can have so many different challenges that we can be comfortable with the fact that one of the first things that God wants to say to us when we encounter him is peace be with you. And I'm sure for some of us that is what we need to hear this morning. Now I love the fact that as Encounter Church when we worship, uh, maybe there's a hundred, over a hundred people here this, this morning, we can have a sense of what God is saying to us corporately, but God has this capacity that when we're in one room all together, this capacity to speak to each of us individually or have a sense of blessing or a sense of his presence individually. And that's why corporate worship is important for us. That's why engaging with Jesus individually is important for us because he wants us to encounter him in new ways. And that's something that we'll be looking for over this next year. As John Ortberg, the great preacher in America, says this, God is closer than you think. God is closer than you think. And he wants us to encounter him in new ways this year, I'm sure that he does. Then secondly, raising disciples. And that is that we grow over the course of this year. And the disciples like us were living in a very uncertain world, in a very uncertain times. And even though they'd spent three years with Jesus in a particular way, they still needed this encounter with him. Because this was an ex extraordinary situation for them. And, and it's interesting that this persecution that they were fearful of, it's something that continued for the rest of their lives. It's not as if it's something that went away. Some of them even, it cost them their lives through persecution. And um, as Neil Hudson says this, he says, we have not become Christians to escape the complexities of the world, nor as Jesus promised to turbo boosters through different difficult moments of life. It's not as if we overcome every difficulty this side of heaven. And it's not as if God was overprotecting them from this persecution. And uh, the quote I sent in my email this week that many of you will have received, Martin Luther King says this, we may, ex sorry, we may accept finite disappointments, we might accept it, but we should never lose infinite hope, infinite, infinite hope, because God always has the bigger picture. There's always infinite hope, even though there's finite disappointments that go on. Now, of course, the disciples had the benefit of, of Jesus being there physically in the room. I mean, how amazing is that? Not only with that, he didn't even come through the door. So there he is with them in this particular room. And I think it's interesting that Peter, the Apostle Peter, about 30 years later, writes a letter to Christians who have been persecuted around the known world at that time, called 1 and 2 Peter. And in his first letter, he says this, because they'd been scattered, they'd been persecuted, he says this. He says, though you have not seen him, because he's writing to people who weren't seeing him physically, even though Peter did, and his answer says, though, though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So the wonderful thing is, even in difficult times, even in good times, we're growing. To be better people, um, 
better followers of Christ, just better people all around to receive all that God has got for us. And as Dallas Willis said this, it's not about life going well, but it's about living well. Living a life that glorifies God. Now, one of the ways that we grow as Christians, there's many different ways, and uh, I just want to be clear that one of the primary ways that we grow as Christians is when we have a good relationship with God's Word, with the Bible. It really does help. I've been a Christian for, now I'm not telling you because you'll realize how old I am, but a long time. But our relationship with God's Word, the Bible, is so key because it's the primary way that God will speak to us. And it's amazing, isn't it, that we have on our minds what we want to tell God about, the wonderful thing is, is that when we read the Bible, God seems to be able to tell us what's on his mind. Even if it doesn't relate to the passage we're reading, God has a way of speaking to us on a, a regular basis, on a daily basis, about things that he's concerned about and things that we should be concerned about. But he also talks about the things that concern us as well and bother us. <coughs> and he's so good at doing it. And there's times when uh, I have a daily quiet time, and I think, that's amazing. Not all the time. God, that you spoke to me in that way today about that thing. You just seemed to know what I needed to hear. And because the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit, that's how God will primarily speak to us on a one-to-one level. And that's why I think this series, uh, 40 Days with Jesus, is going to be helpful, because there's a devotional book that goes with it that lasts for 40 days. Uh, It's about two pages for each, it takes about five, ten minutes. And throughout the series that we run, we're going to encourage people, uh, a bit like the 40 days of well-being that we looked at in the spring, that uh, you get one of these books, we've ordered about 130, I think. Uh, they're only going to cost five pounds. Um, they cost us five pound fifty. That's how generous we are. As a church, you get, if you remember, you get 50p off. That's amazing, isn't it? And I'll tell you what, if you buy two, you can have them for £10. (laughs) But it's something that we'll all do together uh, if you want to. But I think that I'll be amazed. If you do 40 days, I can stand here and have utter confidence that within it you'll say, God spoke to me through it. God blessed me through it. God built me up through it open my eyes to something through it. So I really encourage you to take hold of that opportunity. We'll say more over these next few weeks. But just to say how important the Bible is to our growth, because in 2 Timothy 3.16 it says this, All Scripture, the Bible is God-breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the person of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So that God's Word equips us. So... Encountering Jesus, raising disciples, thirdly, releasing missionaries. And uh, Neil Hudson, he also said this, uh, a second quote from him today, he says this, the quality of discipleship, when we want to grow as disciples, can only be judged by seeing the difference people make in their own situations. So that is the telltale sign whether we're disciples, the difference we make in different situations. In other words... Disciple-making cannot be solely judged on the quality of the input, only on the outcomes. That's what shows and demonstrates 
whether you know, we are disciples, is the difference that we make where we are. So this, this mission statement releasing missionaries is not that we all go to the other side of the world, um, because most of us, our calling is here, where we are in the different situations that God has placed us. And it's interesting that when Jesus has this brief encounter, we've got a few verses of this encounter on uh, Easter Sunday, as we call it now. So it says, and Jesus said, peace be with you, as I mentioned. And Jesus goes on to say, once he says, peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. So Jesus breathes on them the Holy Spirit and he sends them out with this great message of forgiveness. And it's interesting that Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Luke writes the book of Luke, writes the book of Acts inspired by the Holy Spirit. And you cannot get away, I've studied these two books, that the primary work of the Holy Spirit is to equip believers to go and make a difference. You, you can't get away from that within his writing. It really is all about that. In practical ways, in spiritual ways, talking about this great message of forgiveness. And I love the profile of the Holy Spirit, even within these one or two verses, the emphasis of the Holy Spirit, where it says that, doesn't it, that um, Jesus says, the Father sends me, and Jesus says, I send you. And then he breathes on them the Holy Spirit. I just love the, 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 the whole trinity involved in this particular verse. And it just shows us that the whole aspect of God is missional. Caring for people. Making a difference. And, uh, there's, you know, there's many ways that we can encounter Jesus and we call ourselves encounter church. But let me say this. There's only ways that we can encounter Jesus by serving Jesus. There's ways that we can only encounter him on the kind of mission fields, when we're looking to make a difference, we'll encounter him in ways, we'll think that that is amazing. That is amazing. And grow in our understanding. And I love the quote by William Booth, who started the Salvation Army, and he says this, let's not just wait for a move of God, let's become a move of God. Let's be that movement. And let's not just wait. Now, looking back to 2022, we had some great... Uh, opportunities that God uh, gave us, and we'll look ahead over the next few weeks at some other opportunities that we've got. But we're a church that just loves the different age groups. We love the different age groups, which is good because I'm getting older. So, and it's good for all the different age groups. And uh, I love the fact that we have a lot of students here as well, because it brings the average age down quite a bit. So I can say the average age of our church is this rather than this. So it, it really is good. But we love all the different age groups, and we'd like more older people as well. We love all the different uh, age groups. We like old to young, young to old. And that's why, you know, even this morning, it was great to welcome uh, Jordan and Natasha to come and serve with us. That really has been a blessing to us. God's provision, a sign that God is with us, isn't it? When God sends people to come and bless us. But we have a passion for young people. We have a passion for children. And there's a lot that we do in this area. It's wonderful when they... Young people go off to a limitless festival and they come back and share testimonies of God's goodness. Some of them having become Christians and that happened this year. We have a vibrant kind of children's work. 
We love linking in with places like Bonner House and with our toddler group and Safe Families for Children. Those organizations that are are looking to keep families together. And the support of Christians around the city and other people is really helping families to stay together because people get really challenged within family life at the moment. So where we can help and serve and give, you know, support um, to keep families together is such a big thing on God's heart and it's wonderful that we can play a part in that. Uh, we have um, a, a massive nursery here at Encounter Church. So upstairs, they're not here now, they're not here now, but midweek, Monday to Friday, the rooms upstairs. There years, years ago, somebody had a vision to put the rooms above here. And there's some great rooms up there. If you've not seen our nursery, you need to have a look. Uh, by one of the car parks is uh, uh, some buildings as well. So during the week, it's, numbers are going up again post-COVID, uh, up towards, well, we, we're looking to get up to, again to 100 people within our nursery during the week. We have 30 staff uh, within our nursery that serve hundreds of parents and grandparents every week. And it's just part of our mission as a church. And uh, it's something that we want to engage with. And on February the 12th, on the Sunday there, our manager, Jan, has been um, heading up the nursery for over 20 years. It's amazing. And we're going to honor her on that particular Sunday and uh, some of the staff that come. We want to honor them on that particular Sunday. So please make sure you're there. Let's encourage them. Uh, None of them actually go to church. Some of them ask questions. Uh, But it'd be fantastic to honor them on that particular Sunday. So why don't you join us? We love to find places, you know, God to show us places to serve our local community. And over at Weedy Castle, our location, they've been doing something called Warm Spaces on a Thursday. So people come in who can't afford to pay all their heating and they come in and they get food and they get drink and they get fellowship. They get a place to go and we put the heating on um, because it's a warm space. Uh, Although when I went, it was pretty cold. But anyway, it's a warm space. And... uh, and it's just a great thing to be involved in. I know some people from here go and help over at Weedy Castle. And I know that many of you, many of you, have dug deep and provided tins of beans. And they've got loads of beans over there now, by the way. <laughs> so they don't need any more beans, just so you know. We've done our bit on the beans. <laughs> well done on the beans. So, but warm spaces and things like that. And we also... Um, part of CAP, Christians Against Poverty, that help people out of debt. They're just great opportunities, aren't they? We also love being a church of different nationalities, don't we? Isn't that such a blessing to us? And somebody says, I, I'd just love to find out all the different nations that are represented in the church. Now, we do have some flags around that, not all the different nations, but it represents something of God's heart, isn't it, for all the nations. On Pentecost, it was all the nations all the different languages. Such a blessing. If you've joined us from anywhere in the world, it's fantastic. But if you come from a different nation, then it really is a privilege for us to, to welcome you into the city. I know some of you have only been here for a few months. Some of you have only been here for a few weeks. But it is something that is a privilege for us as a church to, to, to welcome you. We know that uh, we pray that you'll either come to know Christ or get built up in Christ. And we know that God has a plan for you. And uh, we hope you stay in Birmingham. We hope you stay in Birmingham. If you think that God is calling you out of Birmingham, then really check it. Really check it. 
because we want you to stay. You need 40 prophecies, but all beginning with T, okay, <laughs> if, if you're going to move, because um, we, you know, we'd, we'd rather you to stay. And um, now I'm not talking to Jordan and Natasha there, don't you? <laughs> Although if you get 14, 40 prophecies beginning with T to stay, then there you go. <laughs> but it's a great privilege for us. And it's interesting that um, Chris Cartwright, the head of, of Elim, he had a, the prophecy in 2016. He talked about being close to a university, how God was going to do something particular here. All the ages are important, but God was going to do something significant here as a church. So if you're here, then you're, you're part of the fulfillment of that prophecy which is amazing that God has spoken. So there's a lot I can say about releasing missionaries, but we'll be talking about that in future weeks. But just to finish with this, we talked about in um, encountering Jesus, raising disciples, releasing missionaries, um, we talked about uh, how uh, the Bible's important, we talked about how the Holy Spirit breathed on them, and uh, finally just to say what is also important for, for fulfilling that mission is how we work together. How we come together is so important with this. So going back to this passage, just very briefly, it says these disciples, on the, f- the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, it says that they were together within that room, even though the doors were locked. And I've been to different parts of the world, and I know that how some Christians risk their lives to go to church, to be with other Christians, which is amazing. But if you look ahead from this passage to Pentecost, if you're familiar with that, it's interesting because it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were together. They were together in one place. And then even a little bit, few verses in that in Acts chapter 2, when it talks about this description of the church that was so amazing right back in the beginning, it says, if you read it, Um, Acts chapter 2, it says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. So this togetherness is so important. And in the New Testament, I've not done the research, but apparently it says, talks about being one another, being together over 53 times. So it's essential to to encounter Jesus, to to grow, uh, to make a difference, that We do stuff together. Togetherness is so important when it comes to this. And there's a great verse in Ephesians. It says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And these supporting structures and ligaments are so important as we look to serve God. So there's something quite intentional here. And as I mentioned, this uh, 40 Days with Jesus um, that we're going to feature on a Sunday morning, then there's this book with devotions. We also hope that many people will join our connect groups over that period because it'll be a chance to reflect on what we've learned, what we've read, to chat together, to discuss together, to to pray together, and, and to encounter Jesus together. So we're hoping over that period that many people will engage in connect groups as well, which we'll mention over this next period. So just very finally say this, that we are one church in two locations, Encounter Church, Selly Oak, Encounter Church, Weedy Castle, and we love doing things together. And on the video, uh, we got most of the gist of it. That some of them reflected at the things that we did together, some things at Weedy Castle, some of them at Selly Oak. Some of you remember back in September when we had 10 days of prayer 
going backwards and forwards in the different locations and praying around. We join together to pray once a month at our Unite prayer meetings, which the next one is on the 1st of February. Uh, we get together for joint services. We eat together. We have meals together. Uh, we have testimony times together. We do Alpha, both sites, self, Safe Families, both sites. Uh, had, even had a comedy night together. Some of you were at that. We do CAP together. And we're going to do this series, 40 Days with Jesus, together. The Bible says that we're better together. It is so important to have a spiritual home. So important to engage with other people as we do that, and whether it's here or someone else. So if we're looking to be intentional over this next year about encounter Jesus, of growing what it means to be a follower of Jesus, in order to, in order to make a difference, it's so important that we do things together and we have a spiritual home. So please engage with some of these things this year. We'll cover more of it over these next few weeks, but it's just wonderful to have you as part of Encounter Church, and we really pray God's blessing on you through to, throughout 2023. So I'm going to pray, uh, and then we're going to sing a song to finish our meeting this morning. So I'm going to invite the band to come up and join me. I know there's been a lot in the service this morning, uh, but we hope that there's many things that you'll take away and be blessed by. But just as we pray, why don't we uh, stand together? Been sitting for a little while when we stand together. And why don't you, we don't have to close our eyes to pray, but why don't you close your eyes just for a moment, um, just so you can reflect a little bit on anything that you've heard this morning. Anything that you feel within your own heart that you want to say to God about 2023, anything that you want to be intentional about, why don't you just bring it to him for 30 seconds before I pray this morning. Jesus said, quote the verse again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Maybe this morning, as we reflected, that your heart is saying, Lord, I could do with your peace. Or Lord, I breathe on me afresh. Your life to be within me, to know your presence as I go from here certainly a prayer that he likes to answer and Lord I do pray we pray for each other really that uh, each of us would know something of your peace which is at times needs to be supernatural something that's just from you because circumstances wouldn't bring the peace by themselves but I thank you Lord that you bring your peace because you are above all things and you hold all things together we pray Lord that you'd release your peace within hearts who really need your peace at this moment in time. And from those of us who are saying, Lord, we want to live the life that you got for us. We pray that your life would flow through us on a daily basis. We pray at the relative start of this year that you'd breathe your life within us afresh, Lord. That we'd know your presence wherever we are. And Lord, as a church corporately, you'll breathe fresh life into us, Lord, to know you to grow in you, and to serve you, we pray in Jesus' name.
Amen.